Hello, and welcome to this podcast. In case this is the first one that you're listening to, I'm going to give you a short introduction. I'm Cindy Pierce, and over a year ago, I started a home Bible study about the women of the Bible. Each week was about one or possibly two women, and I read her story out of the Bible, interjected some thoughts and facts about the story, and then after the reading, I would recap the story, talk about the woman and some of her characteristics and how it could apply to us today. I really enjoyed doing the teachings, and I was so excited about them that soon other women that I worked with wanted to participate. Before I knew it, I not only had the home Bible study, but I was also doing three different lunchtime Bible studies at different offices. So at the encouragement of some of those groups, I'm going to put these lessons on this podcast. I'm using the same format that I used for the classes. I read the story straight out of the Bible with some thoughts. I use the New American Standard Version simply because that's what I grew up reading. Then I will recap and talk a little bit about the story, and at the very end I will give a little reminder from the lesson on something that we have to praise God for, something to thank Him for, something for us to confess, and something to ask from God. One of the things I loved about this process is that God's Word says in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be adequately equipped for every good work. So I believe that as you listen or study along with me, that God will speak to your heart. I hope you will enjoy this as much as I have. This is the third podcast. If you missed the first two, the first one was about Eve and the second about Sarah, you can listen to those as well. This third one is about Rebecca. So let's get started. Rebecca's uh, story has a lot of verses, so we're going to dive right in and start in Genesis 24. Genesis 24, verse 1. And Abraham was old and advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in every way. And Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household, who had charge of all that he owned, Please place your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you shall not take a wife for my son. From the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I live, but you shall go to my country and to my relatives and take a wife for my son Isaac. So you want to go back and listen to the story of Sarah and hear how God blessed Abraham and Sarah in their old age. But Abraham is now saying, I don't want you to marry the women of this foreign country that we live in. I want you to go back to our home country to get a wife for my son. And the way that he's getting him to swear by putting his hand under his thighs, kind of like we do a handshake or, um, or sign a contract. Uh, and actually, in, when we read a little bit later in Genesis, uh, Joseph also did it this way. So this was tradition and passed down. In verse 5, the servant says to him, Suppose the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Should I take your son back to the land where you came from? And Abraham said to him, Beware, lest you take my son back there. In verse 7, he says, The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my birth, and who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, To your descendants I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you will take a wife for my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be free from this my oath. Only do not take my son back there. So Abraham is convinced because God has kept his promise to him all along in different ways that um God will be faithful and go with his servant to find a wife for his son. Um, In verse 9, it says, So the servant placed his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and swore to him concerning this matter. 
Then the servant took ten camels from the camels of his master and set out with a variety of good things of his master's in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. And he made the camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. So um, the place where they're drawing water from is not a stream because if it was, the camels could have just had a drink. Instead, that he's had them kneel down near some type of well. And so in verse 12, he says, and he said, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham. So notice he's praying to Abraham's God. Please grant me success today and show loving kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, I'm standing by the spring and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now may it be that the girl to whom I say, please let down your jar so that I may drink and who answers drink and I will water your camels also. May she be the one whom thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. And by this I shall know that thou hast shown loving kindness to my master. So he's giving a little bit of a petition here. And, um, but he's also calling out to God and he's calling out to Abraham's God. And he's saying, look, Abraham believed in you and believes that, you know, you're going to make this journey successful. So now I'm asking you to show me this sign. So in verse 15, it says, and it came about before he finished speaking that behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor, came out with her jar on her shoulder. So he has made it directly into the family of Abraham. And the girl was very beautiful, a virgin, and no man had had relations with her. And she went down to the spring and filled her jar and came up. So notice this well that she's going to. Um, it isn't what we typically think of where you drop the bucket down into it. She literally had to either go down steps or down a path or down something into the spring and then fill her jar and come up, came back up. In verse 17, the servant ran to meet her and said, please let me drink a little water from your jar. And she said, drink my Lord. And notice she quickly lowered her jar to her hand and gave him a drink. So I picture this as her holding this jar up on her shoulder and quickly lowering it down this girl's pretty strong because this is like a jar full with water have you ever tried to just carry a bucket full of water and she quickly lowers it down and gives him a drink now when she had finished giving him a drink she said i will draw also for your camels until they have finished drinking so she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran back to the well to draw and she drew for all his camels so this is a very interesting point here because she had to keep going down and back up, and she's filling a trough for them. And um, he had 10 camels, if you remember. He brought 10 of them. And camels can drink 25 gallons per camel. So this girl went back and forth, back and forth, emptying her jar into the trough to, to um, get water for all of these camels. And it doesn't say how many times it took or how long it took, but um, it probably took her a while to do this. And he, meanwhile, in verse 21, the man was gazing at her in silence to know whether the Lord had made his journey successful or not. And it came about when the camels had finished drinking, so he waited until her task was completely done, that the man took a gold ring weighing a half a shekel and two bracelets for her wrists weighing 10 shekels in gold and said, whose daughter are you? Please tell me, is there room for us to lodge in your father's house? And she said, Behold, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor. And again, she said to him, We have plenty of straw and feed and room to lodge in. And the man bowed low and worshipped the Lord. So I'm going to go back for just a minute because he waited um, until she faithfully completed the whole job. 
So, um, first of all, he came all the way across the desert to find to find her, and God will also do that for you. He sent a servant all the way across to find her, and she was faithful, um, diligent, hardworking, and very strong. So, there's a couple of verses that come to mind here. In Luke 16:10, it says to be faithful in the little things, which she was, and she kept going until she completed what she said she would do. Philippians 2.14 tells us to do all things without grumbling and complaining. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might. And Galatians 6.9 says, Let us not lose heart in doing good. In due time we will reap. So those verses just kind of came to me about the fact that she was faithful and she continued until she had completely finished the job. And he waited and watched until she had finished to see if she would completely finish the job or not. And now he's asked her and um, he's worshiping the Lord um, because he knows he's been brought. God had completely answered his petition and his prayer and um, he has found this woman. So he says in verse 27, Blessed be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his loving kindness and his truth toward my master as for me, the Lord has guided me in the way to the house of my master's brothers. So he's giving thanksgiving now to God, not just for being Abraham's God, but for answering his own prayers. The girl ran and told her mother's household about these things. Now, Rebecca had a brother whose name was Laban, and Laban ran outside to the man at the spring. And it came about when he saw the ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrists, and he heard the words of Rebecca, his sister, saying, This is what the man said to me. He went to the man, and behold, he was standing by the camels at the spring. And he said, Come in, blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside, since I have prepared the house and a place for the camels? So the man entered the house, and Laban unloaded the camels and gave strong feed to the camels and water to wash his feet and the feet of the men who were with them. But when food was set before him to eat, he said, I will not eat before um, I have told my business. And he said, Speak on. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. And the Lord has greatly blessed my master, so that he has become rich, and he has given him flocks and herds and silver and gold and servants and maids and camels and donkeys. Lots of stuff. And I want you now, because this story is kind of a retelling of what we've already read in the first part of chapter 24. So while I read this part, I want you to think about if you were Rebecca, and that had just happened to you, and you had just um, given the camels water to drink, and now you've come back to the house. If you hear this man telling the story... And, and you're listening to this. So in verse 36, he says, Now Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master in her old age, and he has given him all that he has. And my master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I live, but you shall go to my father's house and to my relatives and take a wife for my son. And I said to my master, Suppose the woman does not follow me. And he said to me, The Lord, before whom I have walked, will send his angel with you to make your journey successful. And you will take a wife for my son from my relatives in my father's house. Then you will be free from my oath. When you come to my relatives, and if they do not give her to you, you will be free from my oath. So I came today to the spring and I said, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, if now thou wilt make my journey on which I go successful, behold, I'm standing by the spring, and may it be that the maiden who comes out to draw, and to whom I say, please let me drink a little water from your jar, and she will say to me, you drink and I will draw for your camels also. Let her be the woman who the Lord has appointed for my master's son. Before I had finished speaking in my heart, behold, Rebekah came out with her jar on her shoulder, 
went down to the spring and drew, and I said to her, Please let me drink. And she quickly lowered her jar from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I will water your camels also. And so I drank, and she watered the camels also. Then I asked her and said, Whose daughter are you? And she said, The daughter of the fool, Nahor's son, whom Melchah bore to him. And I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her wrists. And I bowed low and worshipped the Lord and blessed the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who had guided me in the right way to take the daughter of my master's kinsman for his son. So now if you're going to deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me. And if not, let me know that I may turn to the right hand or the left. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, The matter comes from the Lord, so we cannot speak to you bad or good. Behold, Rebekah is before you. Take her and go, and let her be the wife of your master's son as the Lord has spoken. So they've now heard the story, and they are all impressed that God literally answered to the smallest detail exactly what was happening. And they obviously believe also that the servant came from the Lord and that he's being obedient to the Lord. So it came about when Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed himself to the ground before the Lord. So he has now just been worshiping God. He is um, just amazed that um, all this has happened. Verse 53, the servant brought out articles of silver and gold and garments and gave them to Rebekah. And he also gave precious things to her brother and her mother. Then he and the men who were with him ate and drank and spent the night. And they arose in the morning. He said, send me away to my master. But her brother and her mother said, let the girl stay with us a few days, say 10. Afterwards, she may go. So they're just finding out that she's going to leave and go a long way away from them. And they want now time with her. And he says to them, do not delay me since the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. And they said, we will call the girl and consult her wishes. Then they called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? Now, don't forget, she now knows the whole story. And she says, I will go. Thus they sent away their sister Rebekah and her nurse with Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, May you, our sister, become thousands of ten thousands, and may your descendants possess the gate of those who hate them. Then Rebekah arose with her maids. They mounted the camels and followed the man. So the servant took Rebekah and departed. Now Isaac had come from going to Beer Lahar Roy, for he was living in the Negev. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field toward evening. And I think that's interesting, too, because Isaac is Abraham and Sarah's son, and they um, had prayers and promises answered for them. And so Isaac has also learned to spend time with the Lord and has developed a relationship with him. So he is out meditating in the evening, and he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, camels were coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and she saw Isaac, and she dismounted from the camel. And she said to the servant, Who is that man walking in the field to meet us? And the servant said, He is my master. She took her veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. So Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent. And he took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. Thus Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. So what a beautiful love story that God sends this servant all the way across the desert to find this woman for Isaac and brings um, her back. And obviously Isaac um, is also um, believing that God has answered the prayers and promises. And so this now becomes his wife. So we're going to jump around a little bit here because there's some other stories about different parts of the family. So we are um, staying with Rebecca and we're going to jump to Genesis 25, 19. Now these are the records of the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham became the father of Isaac. 
and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of Bethul, the Armenian of Padan Aram, the sister of Laban, to be his wife. Verse 21, Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren, and the Lord answered him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. So Rebekah has a similar um, problem to what Sarah had, and Isaac prays for her, and she, um, and she conceives. Verse 22, but the children struggled together within her, and she said, if it is so, why then am I this way? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and I love that because now she's learned, too, to have this relationship with the Lord. And the Lord said to her, so God answered her when she asked, two nations are in your womb, and two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. When her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came forth red all over like a hairy garment, and they named him Esau. And afterward, his brother came forth with his hand holding onto Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob, which um, the name Jacob means one who takes by the heel or one who supplants. And Isaac was 60 years old when she gave birth to them. So notice he was 40 when they were married. This is 20 years later when he prays for her and she ends up having twins. Then the boys grew up. Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the field, but Jacob was a peaceful man living in tents. And now look at verse 28 carefully. Isaac loved Esau because he had a taste for game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. So we see a little bit of favoritism happening there, which is actually never a good thing. So we're going to jump to... Genesis 26, verse 1, this is an interesting story. And if you've already followed, um, if you've already listened to the second podcast on Sarah, this is going to be very interesting for you. There was a famine in the land besides the previous famine that had occurred in the days of Abraham. So it's actually referencing this other story that I'm talking about with Sarah. So Isaac went to Gerar to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. And the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Stay in the land of which I shall tell you. So sojourn in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands, and I will establish the oath which I swore to your father Abraham. And I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and give your descendants all these lands. And by your descendants, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because Abraham obeyed me, kept my charge and my commandments, my statutes and my laws. So this is God speaking to Isaac now. He had already told Abraham before, that his descendants would be blessed. But now he's speaking to Isaac, and he tells him the same thing. So Isaac lived in Gerar. When the men of the place asked about his wife, he said, she is my sister. So here God has blessed him and told him that he's going to um, bless him and keep this promise, and um, he's afraid because he says in verse 7, she is my sister, for he was afraid to say my wife, thinking the men of the place might kill me on account of Rebekah, for she is beautiful. And it came about when he had been there a long time that Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, looked out through a window and saw, and behold, Isaac was caressing his wife, Rebekah. And Abimelech called Isaac and said, Behold, certainly she is your wife. How then did you say she is my sister? And Isaac said to him, Because I said, Lest I die on account of her. And Abimelech said, What is this you have done to us? One of the people might have easily have lain with your wife, and you would have brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech charged all the people, saying, He who touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Um, so this story uh, is interesting because it's almost exactly, word for word, the same thing that happened to Sarah. Not once, 
but twice. And so these um, men are just fearful that um, something's going to happen to them because of their wives. And, and three times in Genesis, this happened. So in verse 12, Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And the man became rich and grew richer until he was very wealthy. For he had possessions of flocks and herds and a great household, so the Philistines envied him. So we're going to jump from there down to verse 34 and 35. Again, just because there's so much here and we're, we're following uh, Rebecca through these chapters. Verse 34 says, When Esau was 40 years old, he married Judith, the daughter of Barry the Hittite, and Basemeth, the daughter of Elon the Hittite. Look at 35. And they brought grief to Isaac and Rebekah. So um, because they married daughters of this land and didn't go back to their family and, and choose daughters from their family, they caused grief to Isaac and Rebekah. So now we're going to um, look at Genesis 27. And this is actually the story of Jacob's deception. But it's interesting to me because... A lot of these verses, um, it's, Re it's Rebecca that's pushing it along. So let's read here from 27 verse 1. It came about when Isaac was old and his eyes were too dim to see that he called his older son Esau and said to him, My son, and he said to him, Here I am. And Isaac said, Behold, now I'm old and I do not know the day of my death. Now then, please take your gear, your quiver, your bow, go to the field and hunt game for me and prepare a dish for me such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat so that my soul may bless you before I die. And Rebekah was listening while Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game to bring home, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Behold, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau, saying, Bring me some game and prepare a savory dish for me, that I may eat and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, listen to me as I command you. Go now to the flock, bring me two choice kids from there, that I may prepare them a savory dish for your father, such as he loves. Then you shall bring it to your father that he may eat, so that he may bless you before his death. And Jacob answered his mother, Rebekah, Behold, Esau my brother is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall be seen as a deceiver in his sight, and I shall bring upon myself a curse and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go get them for me. So he went and got them and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her elder son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids on his neck and on the smooth part of his neck. She also gave the savory food and the bread which she'd made to her son Jacob. He came to his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? And Jacob said to his father, I'm Esau, your firstborn. I've done as you told me. Get up, please. Sit and eat of my game that you may bless me. And Isaac said to, her, to his son, How is it that you have it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord your God caused it to happen to me. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come close that I may feel you, my son, whether you're really my son Esau or not. So Jacob came close to Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. And he said, Are you really my son Esau? And he said, I am. So he said, Bring it to me, and I will eat of my son's game, that I may bless you. 
And he brought it to him, and he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Please come close and kiss me, my son. So he came close and kissed him, and when he smelled the smell of his garments, he blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Now may God give you the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and an abundance of grain and new wine. May people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master of your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be those who curse you, and blessed be those who bless you. So it came about, as Jacob, as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had hardly gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. So in the next few verses, we find out that Esau finds out that um, Isaac has blessed him, and he is furious. In fact, in verse 35, he says, um, the father says, your brother has come deceitfully and taken away your blessing. And um, he says, is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. And he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? And Isaac said that he had already blessed him. So Esau lifted his voice and wept. So Esau is really angry now. And um, in fact, in verse 41, it says he bore a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing that his father had blessed him with. And he said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near, and then I will kill my brother Jacob. Verse 42 says, when the words of her elder son were reported to Rebekah, she sent and called her younger son Jacob and said, behold, your brother Esau is consoling himself concerning you by planning to kill you. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice, arise, flee to Haran to my brother Laban, stay with him a few days until your brother's fury subsides, until your brother's anger against you subsides and he forgets what you did to him. Then I shall send and get you from there. Why should I be bereaved of both in one day? And Rebekah said to Isaac, I'm tired of living because of the daughters of Heth. So the daughters of Heth were Esau's wives. And she says, if Jacob takes a wife from the daughters of Heth like these, from the daughters of the land, what good will my life be? So she goes to her husband and says, I do not like my daughter-in-laws. Jacob cannot pick the same wife from the same kind of place. So in chapter 28, verse 1, Isaac calls Jacob and blesses him and charges him and says, You shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Arise and go to Padanaram to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and from there take to yourself a wife from the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. And may God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may become a company of people. And may he also give you the blessing of Abraham to you and your descendants with you that you may possess the land of your sojournings, which God gave to Abraham. And Isaac sent Jacob away. So, um, and that is actually really the last part that we see of that. Um, there is a part interesting right down at the end of this where, uh, verse 6, Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Pedanamaram to take to himself a wife from there, and that when he blessed him, he charged him, saying, You shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan, and that Jacob had obeyed his father and mother and gone. So Esau saw that the daughters of Canaan displeased his father Isaac. So he went to Ishmael and married, besides the wives that he already had, Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebaioth. So he takes a wife from um, some of Abraham's family then at that point too. So what we see here is um, in the beginning of her time, Rebecca, we've talked about how faithful she was and how she um, followed her um, 
being faithful and she carried out the task completely and she finished it. And we talked about um, doing good and not losing heart and doing the small things and doing them well. But then in the later part of her life, we see that she showed favoritism toward her child. She didn't trust God for his blessing. Um, and then she sent him away um, in fear and literally doesn't see him again. Well, she does, but it's much, much later because he ends up staying there for 20 to 21 years. So um, not just a couple of days when she sends him away out of fear of what's going to happen to him. She um, doesn't see him again for a long time after that anyway. So this is an interesting story. And one of the things that I love about the story of these women is that they are learning about God and how to have a relationship with them as they are walking through life. Um, they're also who God is using to build the line um, through which Jesus is going to eventually come. So he's building a people. He's building a, um, a nation um, for himself, and he's using these women to do it. And we see that the blessing on both the men and the women, because her family blessed her and said, may you become the um, mother of many nations, that um, they are they are speaking these blessings over them about literally becoming the leaders of these nations. So it's an interesting story, and we'll continue on because our next story, um, number four, is going to be on Rachel and Leah, who will be um, Jacob's wives. So that, that will be the next part. But on this part, um, as we get to the end, I like to just um, recap the things that we've kind of learned from the story about praising God and thanking him. Um, confessing things and asking from him. So in this story, I think we can see that we can praise God because he has a unique blessing for each of us. And I, um, both for the boys and in Rebecca's case, that he had um, a husband for her and brought her back to him across um, a long ways, specifically picked her out to bring her back, and that um, his blessing for her was to have children because she couldn't for a while and her husband prayed for her and yet he was gracious and answered that prayer and then we can give thanks to god because he doesn't wait until we're perfect so she had some great characteristics and then she had some um, that we uh, tend to have as well where she um, thought that she had to control that situation herself she had to take the blessing herself and make sure that the son that she um, favored would get the blessing from God. She couldn't really trust him to take care of it. She wanted to take care of it herself. Um, but also th that he doesn't wait until we're perfect to come to find us. I just love the fact that he sent that servant all the way across and took him specifically to her where she was there doing her job day after day of watering the flocks and the camels. And he um, sought her out and found her. And I just love that because God does that for us too. He seeks us out, and he comes to find us, and he wants to have a relationship with us. So I love that picture in the story. Also then that we confess our tendencies to control situations, as she did. Uh, she, you know, we think about Jacob's deception, and actually I think even some of the um, Bibles have that as, as the heading of the chapter. And, and he did. I mean, he participated because he answered him several times and said that he was Esau, but um, she had so much to do with it. She heard him in the beginning, and she got the goat's hair and put it on him, and she made the dish, and she, you know, greatly participated in that. And so 
she just thought that, you know, God couldn't bring about the fact that Jacob was going to get the blessing anyway, so she had to manipulate it. And sometimes when we do that, the consequences are not really what we wanted. And then lastly, to ask God to reveal his plan for your life. So, um, Lord, you know, just he's got a plan and a purpose for each of our lives. And so I pray that um, as you hear the story and read through this, that you'll realize that he's got a purpose and a walk and a path for your life and that you will ask him to reveal those plans to you for your life because he wants to. And then lastly, um, there's a verse uh, that says, it doesn't really have anything necessarily to do with this, but in Micah 6, 8, it says, Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. And I think that just kind of applies to where she was at the beginning, where she just did what she was supposed to do, and then out of kindness and mercy, she offered him a drink. And that verse in, in Micah 6, 8 tells us that that's what, how we're to live, that we're to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. So I hope this blessed you. Thank you so much for listening. Please join me again soon for the next lesson on the women of the Bible.